Hi, Estee Besties, and welcome back to another episode of Sounds Like Spa. We are now in June, which is Acne Awareness Month, so I am super excited because I am joined by two acne experts as they are. I will let them introduce themselves in a second here. But in this episode, we are really going to be diving into, we're actually going to be two parts. It's going to be a two-part episode. So we're going to be diving into just everything acne related and really getting you all rounded out for Acne Awareness Month. So let's jump into it. All right, guys. So let's introduce ourselves here. Obviously, you guys know me. I'm Maggie. I'm the host of this podcast, the Associate Managing Editor of Skin Inc. But let's get more into our guests. Hey, everyone. My name is Kelsey Duke. I have been an acne expert for about six years now and an esthetician for seven. Um, I started working with Face Reality um, because I really wanted to focus more on results-driven skincare. And as an acne sufferer myself, I really wanted to learn more about acne and really identify what it is, what it does to people. So yeah, I'm really excited to be here with you guys today. And I'm Alex Hernandez. I'm the lead educator for Face Reality. I have been an expert almost five years now. I started in our clinic um, in 2018. I was trained by Kelsey and Laura. So I have been, you know, treating acne clients for many years. And now I've transitioned to working with a professional channel, helping other people become acne experts in their own businesses. I also forgot to mention my title, but <laughs> I'm manager of onboarding and training here at Face Reality. <laughs> We are very excited to have you guys. Um, I think I've probably talked about my acne journey a little bit on the podcast here and there. I know I've mentioned I have PCOS. I know I kind of mentioned my whole skincare journey in one of our first episodes. But just as a recap, your girls got PCOS or PCOS. I learned a lot. Of, I didn't know. I've been a sister my whole life is what I call myself. Um, but I never know, knew people called it PCOS until like a lot of people started calling that. And I was like, oh, it like took me a minute to realize what they're saying. But anyway, uh, because of that, I obviously had really bad cystic. Not obviously. Everybody had like has different reactions to it. But I had really bad cystic acne. Um, so it was kind of funny because in high school, I had like normal skin. And then in um, end of high school, beginning of college, it was like oily, like super oily. And I remember specifically I was super bummed because I was a makeup junkie. And that was the same time that really like dewy skin was in at the time. It was like matte was completely out. And so when I, so matte was just like out, it wasn't, it was very dewy, very glowy skin and I had super oily skin, so I couldn't participate. And then when I started getting treated for my PCOS and my cystic acne started clearing up, my skin actually got really dry. And then all of a sudden the makeup trend switched and everything was super matte. And I was like, well, now I can't do the matte skin because my skin's super dry. And I just remember I was like so mad about it. I was like, can we just have a makeup trend that matches the type of skin I have, please? But so that's been my my little history with acne. I don't know if you guys want to share yours at all, but yeah, I'll start. So I definitely have struggled with acne on and off growing up. I used to play soccer, so I was really into sports growing up. And I remember my back would always be like covered with acne lesions. Um, it was probably some of the shampoo I was using back in the day, like the Pantene or whatever, the Tresemme, whatever, what was all the sodium lauryl sulfate. Um, and it would clear up and then it would come back. And now looking back, what I know now, um, just the triggers that I would kind of like run through, that's when my acne would be most active. 
So it's really interesting to just like think about that. But yeah, struggled with it. And then honestly, I only got clear because I started working at Face Reality and I started learning more about acne and what it is. Um, and it's something I still, you know, obviously deal with today because acne can't be cured, only controlled. So I'm um, really just learning what my triggers were, um, what ingredients work, work well for my skin. Um, and I finally am at a place where I'm not, I have a huge acne lesion on my chin right now that you guys cannot see. But, you know, I was in Hawaii eating all the cheese and all the dairy. So, you know, that's what I get. Um, so really just still learning how to like live with my acne, but also live my life and, you know, have that good balance. My acne journey is pretty similar. When I was a teenager, I really didn't have a lot of acne on my face. I was really lucky there. But in middle school, I had terrible acne. I was always, and I lived in Stockton, so it's like 110 degrees in the summer. Um, but I felt so uncomfortable having anything exposed. So I was just over here dying and sweating just to try to cover my back. Um, and then I started getting acne on my face as an adult. Um, I was actually just reading um, or for another article that it, for the um, American uh, Dermatology Association, one of their studies that they were doing is that adult acne is on the rise and it's up by like 15% in women. So adult acne is just going up there and that's what happened to me. Um, so I was very lucky because I started with face reality in August, 2018 and I was getting married in November, 2018. And I was like, just all broken out because I was so stressed out planning a wedding, getting a new job. Uh, but Kelsey and Laura and Desiree in the clinic, they helped to get me clear and ready for my wedding. So that was perfect timing. Actually, our whole last episode was all about weddings. And I, I threw in a couple tips that Alex actually gave me because Alex helped me because my skin has been breaking out horribly recently. And so I said, Alex, please, please help me. Please send all of the help you can. And one thing she told me about, and these were two tips I actually shared in the wedding one was we were talking about like knowing your clients like diet as well as their supplements because I brought up how biotin can cause it. And I didn't know that Alex woke me up to that as well as I brought one of the examples I gave was seaweed because that one blew my mind because I was like, you'd think it's got so many nutrients and it's so healthy. And like you think that. And then I remember Alex was like the salt, though. Yeah. It's but that was just a fun, a fun tip. If you guys listened to our last episode, like you should have. I did bring up those tips and they're from Alex. So now we've got, now I've got the experts themselves on with us, but I did want to jump since it's the beginning of the month. I did want to do our monthly product pick. So if you guys, if you guys want, I can go first or you guys can share, but this is just a little segment we do. That's just like monthly favorites, current monthly favorites. All right. You kick it off, Maggie. All right. So mine, and I'm not just saying this because I have two people from Face Reality on this podcast right now. I'm not just saying this because of that. Uh, my current like an absolute lifesaver for me this month um, for reference when we're recording this it's in May and I have just done like two weeks worth of traveling just back to back been on a plane tons and tons of traveling um, not sure where I am my body is not caught up with I don't know my mind hasn't caught up with my body yet I should say but the face reality hydrocalm I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if it focus oh perfect the face reality hydrocalm mask actually saved my life um, I applied it and reapplied it especially because one of the places I went was Italy which was like a seven to nine hour flight so I like reapplied this mask during that because I could feel my skin just getting so tight and like getting so dry and I was so nervous but it helped in a tremendous amount was just like not being because I I'm always incredibly dry like after after flying I'm so so 
uncomfortably dry even. And so I just remember this mask. I didn't feel that way. And it was super nice because when we landed in Rome, this is a humble brag. I went to Italy. But when we landed in Rome, um, we we landed at like seven or eight in the morning. So we tried to just stay awake all day and we couldn't get into our Airbnb until like three. So we were just like staying awake all day and we didn't really get a freshen up. And I just remember being so thankful for that mask because my skin like and it looked a little dewy because it was all hydrated and I didn't feel super dry and like gross. So that is definitely my monthly favorite. Huge shout out to that great right now. I so it really, glowing. it saves your skin while you're traveling. Thank you. I'm very glowy right now. Pro tip. I love applying that mask like while I'm on the plane. It just like helps seals everything in and like the like clay sucks the moisture out of your skin too. It's like a nice little mask while you're flying. And if you're still feeling dry too, you can sleep in that mask overnight, like a recovery mask even. I haven't tried sleeping in it overnight, but what I will say is I was nervous, but I did apply it like mid-flight to Italy because my skin was just getting way too dry. And I was Mm -hmm. so nervous because I was like, you know, it's not like I like went to the bathroom and like washed my face and did my whole routine. I just like layered this on top of whatever and I was so nervous I was like oh I hope it doesn't like clog my pores I hope I don't break out like I was so and it didn't it was like it sunk into my skin it went right in it was perfect so I will say that was this was a lifesaver I'm so glad you had it (laughs) I don't think I travel without that that mask (laughs) and again guys we did not pay her to say that mask is just amazing (laughs) I truly, I don't think I'll ever travel without that mask again because it's always been an issue with me is just being so dry off the plane. The loose they were. I think my monthly favorite right now is I actually just bought a handheld microcurrent device. I didn't, I've never used microcurrent before, so I didn't spend any money on it. I didn't get like a good brand or anything like that. I got one on Amazon, which don't recommend, but um i've been really liking it it's it feels really weird it took me a minute to get used to it and i was like like rapidly googling like should i be feeling these things while i'm doing this um but really the results were just so good like it feels i know i have to do it with my little amazon please buy a more expensive one but i just wanted to cheap out just for my first one but it feel it feels really weird as you're doing it but it really is like that instant facelift so, um, like, I've used it now, um, like, right before we had, like, our most recent, like, photo shoot and video shoot. I did it that morning just to give a little lift. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, now that I know I like microcurrent and I will use it, now I need to go and buy, like, a, a reputable one. It was, a good, it was a good test run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you can actually buy <laughs> Um, for me, it's been, I'm torn between two, but I'm going to go with sulfur spot because I've actually just been using that more often than I've been using the other option I was going to pick. But just with traveling a lot, I've definitely seen some breakouts with like diet. You know, every time I go to a hotel and I sleep in hotel rooms, I just break out. It's just how, you know, what happens. So I've been dabbing on sulfur spot like all day, every day. And it's really been helping with those pesky inflamed lesions. It just soothes it, takes the redness away. They go down so quickly when I'm consistent with it. So that's been my go-to this month. I don't travel without that. It lives in like my travel bag. Yes. Staple for sure. I am I'm a picky person. I almost swore. I am a picky person when it comes to spot treatments. 
Uh, I I have not really found one that works for me. I know in a previous episode I did mention um, like the Yanka SOS one because that was the only one I'd ever found that like worked for me. And now I've been using, especially on my like really like inflamed cystic acne ones. Now I've been using the sulfur spot and it makes a huge difference because I don't know. And I know this is bad because I know you're not supposed to pop or pick or anything like that. But cystic acne is worse because you like literally can't like you can't do there's nothing that's going to surface. So it helps a lot with that because it just like brings down the inflammation. And then I was also using the icing tip that you gave me, Alex. You said, yes, I was going to say you can do both. That's even better. And then adding that LED in there, that little trifecta. Yeah, that's like that's a great way to go about it. But same as Maggie, I get the cystic lesions. So exactly there's like no head you can't i couldn't extract it if i wanted to and um this might be gross but we're as he's talking about acne but yesterday um finally i like tried to extract it and like literally three heads like came came up Um, and i'm like it's just like a deep one it's in there so it just kept like dabbing a little slurkin yeah i definitely try to get it and it's not all it wasn't already a little so we need to get in the treatment room. FYIST is even when you're extracting these big lesions, you'll still see the microcomedone come out. So if you don't have that microcomedone, it's still in there. Still festering in there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you. <Not> a fan? <laughs> um, let's move into our first real topic, which I mean, I guess we're already kind of talking about it. We just kind of bridged into it, but let's just talk about acne and like, a broader sense yeah acne is the i think it's the number one health condition in north america and it's like the eighth most prevalent um disease worldwide it's something that um uh, in just north america alone it affects 50 million people annually um and that's anywhere from like 50 till we saw another study that was like 83 million uh so this is affecting really everybody you know a lot of times you'll see it pop up in puberty when the hormones are going haywire um, but like we mentioned earlier, that it's on the rise and even, you know, adults, especially adult women. Um, so it really can affect anyone at any time. Uh, and it can come, you know, it can be a, you know, mild, moderate, or it can be a severe case. So it's really just, it does not discriminate based on anything. So it's just, it's getting everybody. It is, um, you know, an inherited disorder of the pores. If your body sheds dead skin cells too fast, acne is going to form and there's really nothing you can do to change that. It's more like, how do I live with this and identify, you know, what my triggers are so I can get clear skin. But that's also not linear, right? Like if I go and I do some things that are triggers for me, you know, I'm going to see those breakouts. So I think it's a lot of, um, you know, misunderstanding. I feel like I did not even know what acne truly was until I started working at Face Reality. And that's just kind of sad because even in esthetician school I feel like I didn't learn a lot I think there was like a page in the book and they probably skipped by it like I don't remember talking about it at all um so really even understanding like if you you know have that disorder of the pores in your body shedding all those dead skin cells um you know knowing that so then you can learn to like live with it yeah for any estheticians interested in acne look up retention hyperkeratosis because that is a process that I had never heard of before until I went through the face reality training because we know like hormones can affect acne you know skincare can affect acne diet but like Kelsey said at its core it is that hereditary disorder 
Um, and it's caused by that retention hyperkeratosis, that overabundance of dead skin cells coupled with the cohesive nature of sebum. Uh, when bacteria is introduced, that's where you get your inflamed lesions. Um, but, you know, it's not any one person's fault for any one reason. If they were going to be acne prone, they were going to be acne prone. And everybody's triggers are going to be so different. So what might break out Alex is going to be completely different than what's going to trigger my acne. And I think a lot of people, you know, like think, oh, well, here's one solution for treating acne. So everybody kind of follows that trend. But it's like so it's so much more of like the opposite where it's like so individualized to each mm -hmm. person. Uh, and I think there's just a lot of ways we can continue to educate that around acne as well. Yeah. I do find it really interesting that it's like in women specifically, it's increasing a lot too. I thought that was like really interesting when you said that. I was like, why? Why us? We go through enough. We <laughs> probably, like, probably all of our hormones and then just try. Probably. Women can't. It's interesting it that you said that though, because I feel like a few people, just like family and friends that I've been talking to lately, have been like saying, like, I'm breaking out and I don't know what's going on, you know? Um, so I feel like I have been getting more people just reaching out, like, what's What's happening? Yeah. I've noticed a lot too, um, both for myself and like for some of my friends and or slash sisters who are more acne prone. Um, I've noticed that when we travel like outside of the US, my skin actually usually clears up a bit more. And I don't know if it's the food. I don't know if it's the like the processing. I know I did learn and this is not necessarily acne related, but something I thought was super interesting when I was in Greece is I ended up on a wine tour uh, with a dietitian, and she just had all the fun facts. And so she told me that a lot of people who can't process like gluten in the U.S., they can eat it in Greece or in Italy or like in other places because of the way they actually process the flour and the food and stuff. And I always thought that was really interesting. I like <laughs> went to Italy and I was like, I'm going to come back like a skinny legend with no digestion <laughs> problems and clear skin. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of things, but it, it's so, so tied to diet and just this American diet that's so heavy in inflammatory foods and iodides and refined sugars. Um, so that plays a huge part of it. And then even um, just traveling to different climates too. Like when I go to Vegas, my skin is instantly like dry and angry. When I go to Texas where it's really humid, my skin is great. Um, so it's the food, it's the humidity, the elevation, it's everything. I also feel like it's the water too. Yeah. I agree that when I went to Europe, I feel like my skin, my hair, everything was thriving. And I do feel like it, it the water has a play too. I think there's just like a lot of chemicals in our water here that really affect our skin and our bodies. Um, as well as like the foods that are just easily accessible to people, mm -hmm. um, you know, that are like oils and all of those anti-inflammatory anti properties um, that definitely play a huge part. So what I'm hearing is I should move. <laughs> just, just, oh, we're just all moving. Yeah, we're all going to Italy together. <laughs> we're all going to go to Italy. <laughs> now that we kind of have an understanding of what acne is and how it does not discriminate, it will go after anyone. I did think it was really interesting that you guys said it was hereditary. I don't know why I've never really thought about that. I feel like after you say it, you're kind of like, that makes sense. Like, no matter what you did, you were going to have acne prone skin if you were going to have acne prone skin. But I feel like also hearing like an expert say that, I'm like, huh, I never really put that piece together. But yeah, I mean, it takes a little pressure off 
like you as a consumer like it's not your fault it's not your fault yeah yeah it's something that you're born with (laughs) you're you know you live with i do think that's one thing i've loved to see a shift in especially like at first it was almost like a negative shift in social media and like zoom where a lot of people were seeing all these imperfections and they hated it especially when covid hit and now I feel like I'm seeing a different shift where people are really embracing that. And they're just like, this is my skin and I am still pretty and I'm still like worthy. And I don't know. I do really love that. But yeah, that's that's something that is very fortunate because it's like more like real skin is in like unfiltered photos. It's like definitely becoming more predominant. We did our national survey on acne. That was probably almost two years ago now. And it was somewhere between like it was like somewhere in like 90, 90, odd percent of people said that social media creates unrealistic expectations for their skin, uh, which is so true with all the different filters and edited images that we see out there. So it's really nice to see that shift where people are really putting their like true face forward, um, where they're not like cropping out or like t- or touching up all the acne. It's just a part of them. And really normalizing it because I remember in high school, people were so mean Mm -hmm. to people that had acne. I remember like my, one of my really good friends in high school, she suffered from acne and she would like cry during the day because people would call her like pizza face. And that's probably honestly when it all started for me to like want to help people with acne. Cause like even I dated a guy and he had really bad acne and people would be like, why are you dating him? And I'm like, oh my God, you're so mean. Like it changes who he is. Yeah. And like people would look at me weird because I was dating the guy with like all the acne and it's like, oh my gosh. Like, I don't know. It's just like so much um, negative yeah. light around acne and like just the judgment and like the bullying. Mm-hmm. So I'm really like the normalizing of all skin and and showing, you know, that skin, because it is true. So many people are affected by acne and so many people feel like they have to hide it. Mm-hmm. There really was just that stigma. No, it really is. I should have the acne survey in front of me right now because that was another question we asked. Like adults who are experiencing acne, they feel ostracized in the workplace. They feel um, it's like 93% of people said their acne makes them feel anxious in like social situations, job interviews. Like it's a real widespread issue for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. When I was in esthetician school, my acne was really bad because we were doing all the treatments on our skin, mm-hmm. right? And like some of these products that I was using in school had pore cloggers. Um and then I would, you know, go do job interviews and I'm like, they're not going to hire me because I have acne and I'm an esthetician and I probably wasn't even as confident as I am today back then when I was, you know, treating clients and having the acne. So it's it's definitely like a real mental um, factor as well. Yeah. And I just feel like um, I saw a survey like years ago. But it stuck with me. The stats stuck with me. They asked people when you have acne, like, what do you think, like, other people think of you? Like, why, like, why does it, it was kind of trying to get to the, like, why, and, like, so many people said, and I agree, like, when I had it, I felt this way, this way, too. They said they felt dirty. They felt like people thought they were dirty, like, they don't have good hygiene, and, like, things like that, and that's, like, where a lot of their insecurities were. There was, like, one person... I remember who gave like a testimonial and they said she would shower like three times a day because she had really bad acne and she just felt so dirty all the time and she was so scared people would Mm -hmm. think she was dirty so it really is it's like I don't want to like make I don't want to make it out to be like more dramatic than it is but it's kind of debilitating at times like if you can it definitely can be I remember having clients 
in the clinic because I also worked in the clinic before, you know, I, I got to this role. But I would have clients who would come in with scarves around their face because they didn't want people to look at them. And I would just feel like so bad. And like, like, you know, that motivated me to be the best acne expert for her so I can get her clear and confident. But like, it's definitely just mentally hard for people as well. And that dirty thing, I think that comes up a lot too when you're younger, like, oh, you're just gross. And yeah, like just wash your face. I even remember growing up, not to like air out my, it was like my dad's dirty laundry, but I remember growing up, I don't know if you guys remember, um, did you guys see like Grease with John Travolta? Mm-hmm. Okay, good, 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 I just wanted to make sure, but the bad guy in it, and he had a lot of like acne scarring, and I remember my dad telling us because, you know, we all had acne growing up, and we were in our teens when we were watching it, my dad was like, that's why you don't pick your face, because that's what'll happen, and you'll get acne scars. And he even, like, had acne growing up, and he had acne scars. So that's, like, where his was coming from, was, like, people telling him that. And, like, all the time, and he kind of told us that, which has its, like, good parts and its bad parts. Good parts, none of us pick our skin. Bad parts was kind of, like, you were, like, shaming someone's skin to try yeah. to the point. But so, um, but I do remember that specifically, too, like, my dad seeing that. And even thinking about it as an adult now, I was, like, I, I've never seen anyone besides that one character and my dad immediately pointed out and was like, don't pick your skin because that's what you're going to do. And they, even in Greece, they call him Crater Face and they like make fun of him. And I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody represented in like television that has not perfect skin. And the only person I can think of was the bad guy. And the bad guy, he was actively like made fun of in the show or in the movie and called Crater Face and he was the bad guy. So that was just something like I always think about with acne too is like the stigma around it is like so deep. Hi guys, we are jumping into a super quick ad. We wanted to talk to you about our face and body show. It is happening August 20th to the 21st. It is at the Safe Care Credit Convention Center in Sacramento, California. So if you haven't heard the news, we are moving to Sacramento and we are going to have a ton of education there for you. Specifically, we're going to have a lot of acne-related education. So if you love this podcast, if you love this episode, if you love what we're doing for Acne Awareness Month, you will definitely want to tune in because our guest speaker, Alex Fernandez, will actually be leading one of our advanced education classes that is all about acne. You will also be able to find her in our supplier classes or product classes, as well as on the Skinny Life stage. So you do not want to miss the show, especially if you would love to advance your education even further in acne. Definitely make sure to tune in. We will be covering so many more topics. So you want to be there. Don't miss it. And we'll see you there. Bye, guys. On to happier topics. Let's dive into more like what it takes uh, to be an acne expert. Yeah, so like Kelsey was saying earlier in school, like I literally have my school book on my desk right now. It has like a page maybe two on acne so you know it's, you're not becoming an acne expert in aesthetic school um and that's okay like don't feel bad if you came out of aesthetic school not knowing anything about acne the rest of us did too um so it really just takes that you know post you know sc school graduation it really just takes that dedicated time um but you really need to do it like in a specific like dedicated training too um, I was at a spa after aesthetic school um, and I was trying to treat acne clients. I had a few clients that had really um, like moderate to severe cases of acne. Uh, I, of course, didn't have the right tools on hand for this. Um, so I was still trying to like do research. So I did research on like diet and lifestyle and things like that. And I thought I was like scratching the surface. I was making a big dent there. 
Uh, but really, I didn't know anything at all until I went through like a dedicated acne training, like face realities. Yeah, I think you have to like, it's treating acne is a, it's very niche, right? Like not everybody is going to want to treat acne and that's okay. There's tons of ways that you can find your specialty, especially in this industry. But if you, you know, can identify that in school, that's really helpful to then like focus, you know, finding those right education, like forums. There's a bunch of like free education too, even if you want to just like learn a little more before you commit to becoming an acne expert. But I would say, you know, really being dedicated to learning and being open-minded and everything that you're going to see. You can't be afraid to do some extractions and really get in there and, you know, it's, extractions are a big part of it too, the clearing process. And I know some estheticians that are like, absolutely not healthy or crazy. Um, and that's okay. It's not for everybody. I personally enjoy it. <laughs> um, and then also having empathy. I think empathy is a big factor, just like based off what we were just talking about, but really being able to have that empathy for your client and be understanding and not judgmental um, are super important too. And not just because we work for face reality, but because face reality really does have such a comprehensive acne training. Uh, it really just takes you through everything A to Z, um, all about acne, how to identify it, different products and treatments, lifestyle and diet. Um, and then just all the tools that we provide to just like all the supportive documents for clients, you know, how to help you become like an acne coach. Um, you know, I can't recommend it for enough for people who are for estheticians or cosmetologists or nurses that are interested in treating acne, especially those who want to follow a holistic approach and really get to the root of the acne, as opposed to just like throwing some medication on it and like calling it a day and treating all acne the same, unfortunately, which we do see a lot. But, you know, I think that's, again, with the miseducation on what actually acne actually is. Um, but yeah, definitely. I will say, because like I said, I was having some really bad breakout issues. Um, hormones were being all wild times. on It was showing on my face. When I met with Alex, that is, I've done many a client, like a, a, many a consultations with people. And that was probably the most extensive one that I'd ever been a part of. That I felt like the whole time, really, like every question had a purpose. And that's not to knock any client consult consults I've had before, or like, I guess I was a client, but that's not to knock any consultations I've had before. But I feel like a lot of times um, in ones that get extensive, it's like not everything has a purpose. It's just almost like they're checking the boxes. You know, they're just like checking all their bases, making sure, which is good. Like, I'm not saying that's not a good thing to do. But I feel like when you and I sat down, Alex, and went through everything, it was like, everything had a purpose there was a reason behind every single question and it was extensive and there were so many things I didn't think about like I don't know if this is just me being dumb but I had no idea that like salt intake could affect your skin like could make could cause acne you know I feel like dairy I was like yeah I know dairy can and I don't really eat that much dairy but that the supplements with the biotin like blew my mind I didn't know like any of that stuff so I feel like there's definitely a lot out there that like no like not a clue in the world like had no idea how how that could actually like affect my skin and that's really why you have to go through like an actual acne training because there are so many different exacerbating factors there's so many different different uh like diet and lifestyle tips 
um, like really quick things that you can do and change in your day-to-day lives that can make a big difference on your skin. Like you were saying, some stuff that you would never have even considered to have any correlation with acne at all. Yeah, I think even if like somebody goes through our consultation and let's say they don't decide to, you know, go with the full face reality program, they're still going to leave that appointment so much more informed and they can implement those lifestyle changes and probably see some, you know, a little bit of a difference in their skin. Um, So I think clients leave just so well informed too. And most, I, I feel like previously I didn't leave a consultation really ever feeling like that. I feel like it was more for the esthetician to get like the background knowledge on the client. But our consultations are, are like I would tell clients like so much information. Don't feel like you need to remember all of it. You're going to go home with all this information. So it's just also giving the, the people the resources that they need to, you know, implement those lifestyle factors, too. So they're going to leave well informed. What would you guys say is like one of the wildest things? Like, obviously, we've learned mine. Mine was salt and supplements. But. What would you guys say, like, one of the wildest things you learned, like, when you were doing the extensive acne training and you were like, never would have, never would have put those two blocks together? Probably some of the diet, like, even something like peanut butter. Like, I love, like, a nice big spoonful of peanut butter, but peanut butter, peanuts and peanut butter, they're really high in androgens, which are a precursor to testosterone. And when we have too much testosterone in our bodies, it creates an inflammatory effect. So it's causing internal inflammation. Um, and it just leads to, you know, a host of issues that can lead to acne. Um, so that was something that like never would have crossed my mind. I think, I think we all know about milk and dairy, but I think that's it. Like that's really what most of us know about. Yeah. Mine was definitely the biotin because biotin is marketed as such as like a hair, skin and nail supplement. Biotin does is it promotes cell turnover. So if you think about it, you know, if you're acne prone, you're already shedding five layers of dead skin cells per day and a normal pore only sheds one. So you're just speeding up that process. And I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder I would always break out whenever I took some biotin supplements. So that one for me, and then probably the worst case of acne that I've ever seen was um, from spirulina. I was just going to say that something you would think is so healthy and ones and like, you know, they got it from like a naturopath doctor and it was supposed to like cleanse the body but it's a huge acne trigger with the iodides and the algae and all of those mm-hmm. things in the spirulina this poor child like he was he was a probably like 15 he was really minor, but um acne from like um like literally head to like lower the bottom and it was the worst case i've ever seen and and he had done a cleanse and it completely just freaked his like body out yeah, and uh, some things that are supposed to be good for Like you. healthy, which, you know, for a non-acne prone person, those are probably great. You know, they can do them all the time. But really, again, just going back to like if you're acne prone, some of those things just can't work, won't work the same way. So that's important in the healthy stuff. That's super important to keep in mind, too, if you're seeing someone on social media like, oh, I drink milk every day and it doesn't break me out. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like it's very specific. Like if you were acne prone, like you have to have that true... Uh, you know, like hereditary predisposition. Like if you're acne prone, then things are going to affect you differently. I do have one question. I feel like I think about this all the time. And especially when I first, I don't hear it as much anymore. But when I first started getting in the industry and especially like I have a good handful of friends that like, 
I don't want to say they don't take care of their skin because that sounds mean, but they like don't they don't have like the whole skincare routine and they're fine going to bed without washing their face like regularly, which is again, you know, to each their own. I'm not I'm not shaming anyone. But I remember I got this job. I started talking to them all about like skincare and like I was like so in love with it. And I've always because of my PCOS journey, I've always been really intensive with my skincare because I've always been like it went from normal to oily to dry. And I like always had to like figure out and refigure out how to treat my skin. Um, obviously I've learned so much more since I've started this job, but I do remember like I had a few friends that were like, well, I want to start. And so like they started like skincare routines and I feel like whenever you start one and if you have a bad reaction, everyone will say like your skin is purging. And I want to know if that's sus or not. Like, is that legit or is that like, so you can't, people can truly have reactions that'll cause like an acneic reaction. So you'll see like a lot of um, what look like acne lesions coming, like that real bumpy texture, even like a little rashy looking. So that can happen. Otherwise, we do see purging because a lot of people are not used to properly hydrating their skin. They're not used to chemically exfoliating their skin. Um, and something that we see as we do extractions every day, like the drier the skin is, the tighter the skin holds on to these lesions um it makes the extractions hard it's kind of like the same idea with the home care once that skin is hydrated and exfoliated it kind of loosens up its hold on those lesions and they're kind of just not uh there's nothing obstructing them coming up anymore so they're just you know purging at that point people definitely overuse the term purging but it can happen and like you could purge for so acne takes 30 to 90 days to form so when you're getting used to a chemical exfoliate, especially if you've never used anything before, you will see a little bit of that purging in that time frame. Anything like if you're continuing to have breakouts, it's something that you're just, you know, it's either a lifestyle or a product isn't agreeing with you. So it's it's purging, but to an extent, at some point, it's not purging anymore. we got to figure out like what's going on. Mm -hmm. But it definitely can happen in that like first 30 to 90 day mark for sure, especially if you're, you know, not used to using a, like a full home care routine. Learn something new every day. Um, but I think it's time that we jump into our, our, it's game time. So for today's game, very excited. We're going to play Love It or Leave It, which we've played this before on the podcast. And it's pretty much, I'm going to list things off and you guys are going to say whether you would love it or whether you'd leave it behind and why. And so let's. I'm just going to jump into it. Let's just start. And then, yeah, you guys just give your opinion. So first things first, spot treatments. Love it. Love it. Definitely for those inflamed lesions. I also love a good spot treatment for somebody who's not necessarily acne prone, but maybe just gets like breakouts here or there. Everybody's going to get a product. Mm -hmm. I did hear one incredibly hot take on spot treatments. And I can't remember who I was talking to. It was while I was actually working on metastatics and I was at the American Academy of Dermatology show. Uh, this was last year, I think, two years ago. Um, I don't know. Time time doesn't make sense to me anymore. But I remember she took the hottest take I've ever heard on spot treatments and she said they're all garbage. They like don't work. And you just have to let the acne run its course. And there's nothing you could topically put on your skin that's going to like speed that up like a spot treatment. And it was the hottest take I'd ever heard. And I was like, do all acne experts feel this way? Or it's an aggressive stance to take. <laughs> I think there are some <laughs> hot takes, right? So, okay, let's look at our sulfur spot treatment, for example. So, what's in sulfur spot is sulfur, 
which is anti-inflammatory and it's a keratolytic. So it's helping to, you know, soothe, um, you know, redness and inflammation while helping to, you know, reduce overall size. And then we have Nutrizen, uh, which is a really unique peptide that's really, again, there for calming. Um, so you can definitely put something on an active lesion that is going to, you know, change it, do something to it. The thing, I think there could be some that are very, very harsh and drying and that could like freak people out and like deter them from them. But I think if you find that right product that isn't going to do that, like it has to, you know, still keep the barrier in mind. Um, it can do, it can work wonders. So spot treatments, love it. We're, yeah. we're on the love it stance. <laughs> um, kind of, kind of the same as spot treatments, but what about like the pimple patches, like the, you know what I'm talking about? And you can like, and you can't really see them. I love those too. There's a lot of freaky ones on the market that like are stabbing the lesion as you put them on. Yeah. I like a just straight hydrocolloid patch. It's not going to, it's not preventing acne. It's not treating acne. It's not doing anything like that. You still need a routine. But for people who are like still wearing masks, people who are pickers um, and they just need that barrier or they want to like conceal it. A lot of them are like invisible, like concealers almost. Um, they're really helpful for like those big lesions, especially if someone's just going to kind of sit there and pick at it otherwise. Awesome. So next is LED. Love it or like Love it. We'll live without it, honestly. <laughs> it just like reduces inflammation so well. It helps with like the pigmentation, the PIH that happens after the lesions. I know there's some anti-aging benefits. Yeah, like super rejuvenating. It's just... Yeah, love it. I would, if every time I go in the treatment room, I'm like, can you just throw me into the LED for 30 minutes? <laughs> if there's somebody who's not like seeing results with LED, they're probably not doing it um, frequently enough. That is one you have to do frequently. Consistent. Yeah, consistently. Anything really acne. It's like, I say it like going to the gym. Like you, it's like you have to put in the work to get the results. You're not just going to get the results the next day. The LED is definitely like a staple tool. Extraction. Professionally love it. <laughs> yes. Professional <laughs> only. Don't buy the tool from CVS and try doing it on yourself. <laughs> um, but definitely professional extractions. That'll help clear your skin faster. And then everything that's purging, you'll be able to extract as it purges. So it definitely speeds up the process. Love extractions. So what would you say is your top tip if someone is not like does not have time to get into their esthetician and they wake up and they have like a giant white head what is what because because obviously the the immediate reaction anybody wants to take is to just like pop it <laughs> really spot treat it if it's uncomfortable or like really red ice it first but then spot treat it you can throw like a hydrocolloid pimple patch on it um because when we run in and we have people picking at their lesions um they're introducing more bacteria which can just cause more inflammation they're likely not getting that microcomedone out so they're basically um just making that lesion mad um so it's like kelsey's on her cheek when she was saying like three things wasn't came out at once but it wasn't that microcomedone so now it's still there that's gonna come up to a head again so just spot treat it and leave it leave it be and icing is such like a free way to like reduce inflammation. Like just love grab a free tip. Ice, ice it for 30 seconds. Don't like burn your skin with ice. That is possible. You can over ice, but just like a quick 30 seconds, two minute on and off for a few minutes. And um, that is like a great, great way to reduce inflammation too. Gua sha. Love it. I love gua sha. 
I think if you have a lot of inflamed lesions, you want to wait until those have gone down. You don't really want to manipulate the skin too much when there's a lot of inflammation. Um, but yeah, other than that, once the inflammation's down, I think it's a great tool. It like really shapes your face. Yeah, it's like great for lymphatic drainage. Yeah, as long as you don't have any active like inflamed acne, wash is great. That's another one. It's almost like the almost it's not quite as hard as microcurrent, of course, but it's that same idea. You get that mini facelift with it. Um, somebody, I think it was Joy, one of our coworkers, was telling me it's like you can get like the same results as like Botox, like the lifting if you do wash it every single day. Yeah. Because you're like basically like, you're massaging the muscle and that's going to keep them like strong and tight. And, you know, it's a great anti-aging tool. Okay. So I need to move to Rome. Go do gua sha every day. I'm learning all the things I have to go do. Uh, what about uh, dermal rollers? Oh, I hate those. Yeah. I'm not or okay. leaving those. <laughs> leaving those. No, yeah, really. Even though I still see estheticians using them, but if you look at the technology with something like a microneedle, um, especially like the stamps, the stamps is like the preferred technology because that's going straight in, straight out, a very clean, even wound. With the micro rollers, as they're rolling out of the skin, they're flicking out of the skin, so it's not that clean, like insertion of the needle, it's like a flick out, it's damaging the skin, hairy. So right after, your skin's going to be inflamed, so it might look really good because um, the, the inflammation is covering up your lines and wrinkles. Um, but over time, um, it's really impressive. But so you would say, but so what about, so microneedling is a leave, is a love it or is that a leave it too? No, microneedling is a love. Dermal roll is the leave. leave it. Um, magnifying mirrors. Oh, leave those. <laughs> leave those. Don't to home? No. It just, nobody needs to look that closely at their skin. <laughs> That's how you end up just kicking at your skin for yeah. and half an hour. Leave it to the I feel like... <laughs> I feel like magnifying mirrors are the equivalent to if someone asks you to take a picture of them and it's on front-facing camera. <laughs> and yeah. Like, I feel like they're the equivalent. They are the same. I'm guilty of it too. Like I have turned the smallest little lesion into the biggest, nastiest thing just because I couldn't leave it alone. And it wasn't, it's not worth it. Same. Before being an acne expert, I used to pick at my skin all the time because I thought I was doing something good. I'm like, I'm going to get rid of this thing that's on my face. It's never worth it. Never worth it. I will say, um, having fake nails, not this one. Don't look at that one. That one broke up. But having fake nails is like the saving grace to picking my I can't do it I like physically cannot do it with these because they're like they're rounded and they're not you know what I mean like they I just can't like I will say they're like the one saving grace like I can't physically even if I wanted to pick my skin with fake nails it's a pro tip if you're a picker just get some nails just get some <laughs> fake nails you'll feel more put together and you cannot pick your skin to save your you get you some acrylics real quick what about skin flooding have you guys heard of that TikTok trend yeah okay so it's kind of like it's very similar to skin slugging so maybe we'll just do skin slugging okay so okay because all these kids in i don't know tiktok the tank uh slugging though uh i want to take a second to state that it is not new everybody um aunties and moms have been doing this for hundreds of years um but 
really what it is, is, you know, you're after you're applying your routine, you're applying something occlusive. So something like a Vaseline. And it's really to help lock in any moisture and hydration to prevent transepidermal water loss. So for like really dry skin types, it can be super helpful. And even for our acne clients, we'll have them do this, like a form of this. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes, especially around like nasal labial folds, someone will start to get really dry as they get used to a routine. So we'll have them apply their moisturizer and their Vaseline in whatever dry area they have to kind of let it heal. Because um, really it's helping to prevent that transepidermal water loss. So can be good. Mm-hmm. Here for it. Next one is what about <laughs> what about Dr. Pimple Popper? Um, like just as like observing her, I would say more yeah, like watching her videos and stuff. Okay, so just watching Dr. Pimple Popper, I love her acne stuff she does. Anything where she has to cut, like I can't do it. Yeah, it's a little too much for me, honestly. Too, but I love watching the blackheads. Yes. The blackheads, the pit, the acne lesions, but like the cysts and stuff, I it's a no for me. And I'm an acne expert, <laughs> but um, there's just some things that I do not need to see. <laughs> um, I know Katie when I first started. So our our now editor in chief, Katie Anderson, she loves Dr. Pimple Popper, and I remember she would watch her like on our social media accounts on Skinning. Like we would watch her. Her stuff would populate all the time. And there was like this was like pre warnings. This was pre trigger warning age. So like I'm I'm just on there trying to enjoy my day, about to post to our social media, and her and some of her like really gruesome stuff again. I was like, hey, I, I was like I cannot watch this anymore. I'm just like I can't keep seeing this, but she loves it. She absolutely loves like ext like extraction videos and like watching that kind of stuff. You make a great acne expert. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I can't. Because some of them, they're like huge cysts. And I was just like, I can't watch that. I'm I mean, okay. I can't do it. And then I think of like, because she talks about like this smell. And oh, then I think about like, yeah. and I, yeah, it's, it's a lot. She, is, she has a strong stomach for sure. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. How do we feel about proactive? Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're doing hot takes. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it. Yeah. So, <laughs> pro anything honestly, proactive is one of the worst and best examples of this. But anything that's just like a three step that's supposed to work for everybody, all of these 50 million people experiencing acne every year, it's just not realistic. Yeah. Uh, one size fits all in skincare, yeah. just for acne prone individuals. Just and they, it sucks, too, because they use BPO, which we love, but they don't do it in an adaptive way. So people are just going all in crazy with BPO right away and it's drying out their skin. And it's, you know, it's giving BPO a bad name. Um, but you can use BPO in an adaptive method like we train on and you're not going to experience all those harsh side effects and things like that. With supportive products. So, you know, you're getting like those antioxidants back in your skin. But with proactive, it's just, again, just back to like, treating acne in a very aggressive way and just trying to dry out your acne in hopes that it'll go away but like realistically that's it'll be back and and once i skincare it just doesn't work for acne prone individuals i have a i have my proactive horror story that i think i've shared um 
on this podcast at least once but yeah i tried it back in high school when i first started like when i first started getting my my symptoms and stuff and let me tell you my skin did not like it i actually thought for years after trying it i thought i had sensitive skin and i i learned in my like well into my adult years that someone finally was like you don't have sensitive skin they're like proactive just like it's yeah, forever. You're like, I spent so much time thinking that I had sensitive skin. It was all a lie. It wasn't you. It was never you. Yeah. I know there's, and that's like the first thing people see acne. They're like, got to go to proactive. Like that's like, you know, one of the first courses of action to treat their skin. Um, and then, you know, you get like misinformation and think you have sensitive skin and probably are scared to try other things too. So kind of just. Yeah, I won't name names, but one of the spas I worked at before, which is a big spa, we had some great skincare brands. They brought on Proactive for the estheticians to use and recommend to clients. And I was so glad I was already leaving at that point because that is like, we're all jumping ship at that point. We're not sitting here recommending Proactive. We're out. We're outie for sure. (laughs) No, no space for something like that. I feel like that's like the equivalent to a salon recommending like Monet or something <laughs> for your hair. Yeah, honestly. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Last one for love or leave it. <laughs> We're sticking with controversial topics. Accutane. Love it or leave it. Oh, gotta leave it. We're leaving it. You'll see some people have results with it and then you'll see other people suicidal, their skin so dry, it's cracking and bleeding. Uh, You know, so people, so many people wrecked internally. Um, There's just so, so many negative side effects. Um, And unfortunately, like a lot of people for the first time, they seek out a dermatologist for their acne. Like sometimes that's the first thing they jump to, just depending on how aggressive um, that doctor may be. Some people use it as a lash resort, but some people want to put kids on it right away. I don't know anything that I have to take a pregnancy test for every week to and like blood test. get the pill again. Like that's just so scary. You have to do blood tests to make sure your like liver is not failing. Yeah, that's like a lot. And there's like, again, we're not getting to the root cause of the acne, so the acne can still come back. Many people do multiple rounds. I can't even tell you how many clients that I, um, you know, have seen and talked to that now suffer from like Crohn's disease because they were on Accutane so many times. So it's like, you know, it can definitely affect you for the rest of your life. Um, and your acne can still come back because going back to like acne can't be cured, only controlled. Um, and still a possibility that it will show up again. That's one of those things where I'm going to get a letter in the mail in like 20 years. Like, if you've ever used Accusane, you maybe you are class actually eligible for for compensation. I would say do like some due diligence research, but also there's so many other options out there to treat your acne that are less aggressive. I mean, if it works for you, it works for you, but it should never be anyone's first, second, or even third choice. I get, I get wanting like a quick fix. I feel like everybody just wants a quick fix for things. So like, let me pop a pill and like, you know, my acne will be gone, but there's just like so much more that goes into it. And acne isn't, you can't have a quick fix for acne. It's, you know, you live with it forever. So just being informed and, you know, really having all of your options laid out for you is the best way to go when it comes to Accutane. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this episode my brain 
very slowly was stopping to compute. It was like, what are you trying to say? That wraps up this episode, though. Uh, we are going to be jumping into some more really fun topics for Acne Awareness Month that are all acne related in our next episode that'll come out in two weeks. So you guys definitely want to make sure to tune in for that. And we'll see you in a couple weeks, guys. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Thank you so much.